0: Hey everybody! Welcome to CreateCast, the show about people who make good. I'm your host Chase K. Believe it or not, this is episode thirty, the big three zero. Hard to believe that we've had so many incredible guests and so many more on the way. So huge thanks to everyone who's been listening. Um, I really, honestly do appreciate it. And without further ado, let's just get to today's episode. Today on the show we have Randy Singer, a screenwriter and producer who is probably best known for adapting Madam Doubtfire, the novel that eventually became Mrs. Doubtfire, starring the late Robin Williams. But she's worked on tons of movies, plenty of TV, and is still busy today, and it was really nice of her to take time out of her schedule to sit down. As always, make sure you visit us at createcastpod.com, or just search CreateCast in the iTunes store. Leave us a review, a rating, and just share the show with your friends. It's the best way that you can help us grow. So, without further ado, here is episode 30 of CreateCast. Hey everybody, welcome to CreateCast. We're sitting down with Randy Singer, an incredible screenwriter, showrunner. Um, obviously, she's known for uh, amazing projects like Mrs. Doubtfire and Tooth Fairy, but I sort of want to talk about that a little bit later and just start with, how did you sort of get into this line of work? I mean, it's, it's something that I think everybody has this idealized vision of, you know, being a screenwriter in Hollywood. I mean, it's so cool, but... How did did it first come into your life? Well, it's kind of funny because I knew I wanted to be a writer since I was really young. And
1: I was a movie fan, but I didn't put the two together. It didn't really occur to me that people wrote movies, so I pursued journalism. I got my master's in journalism, got my undergrad in political science because I thought that would be a good background for journalism. And I worked in news.
0: What should we do? (laughs) Oh, no, it's fine. Just just wait a sec. It's going to ring four times and (laughs) then. No, that's totally fine. Again, it's not a big deal. Uh, I did an interview with... A, oh, it's a... Carrie. Oh, go ahead and take it. I yeah, have... let me
1: just... um, Um, What was I saying? So I pursued journalism, and I actually worked as a journalist in radio for about four years. And when radio took me to L.A., suddenly I was surrounded by movies and TV, and I took a class at UCLA Extension in screenwriting, and my screenwriting teacher, when I finished that script, which took me a while, because I was working yeah. full-time, um, he submitted it to this competition that I didn't even know about. Wow. And, uh, and I won. And the judges were Steven Spielberg, Robert Zemeckis, James Brooks. So there's Patton. a
0: few no-names. Biggest, yeah.
1: biggest slate of judges, I think, <laughs> of any. It was crazy. So
0: it, it uh And especially around that time, I have to imagine. I mean, that's, I mean, that's like the perfect era. I mean, that's just incredible. Was, it was a it was an easier business to crack
1: into then for sure, but I that script ended up selling and bidding more, and then an, I wrote another one, and then I eventually was hired to adapt uh, a children's book called Madam Doubtfire, and that became Mrs. Doubtfire. So I've pretty much been I left radio.
0: <laughs> well, well <laughs> you know, I, I want to get into that because obviously, sort of the adaptation of so that first screenplay that was submitted was that completely original or yeah. is it based on something it's completely and, original and, and then it, obviously with with the Madame Doubt, Doubtfire uh, adaptation becoming I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire that's a different world so do you find that you prefer one medium or is it I don't know hmm. I mean,
1: they're really both the same medium but original work is a little bit different than adapting and um, rewrites, which I also do a lot of script doctoring or a different world than rewrites, mm-hmm. uh, than adaptations and originals. Um, you, I think <laughs> advice I always give writers is to try to do some originals. Um, I wish that I had done more. I got mm-hmm. so busy with assignments and adaptations and rewrites. Uh, but the difference is there's something already there to work from, although that can also be harder because you feel married to the book mm-hmm. or married to the... Um, the uh, underlying material In a way that, that, that shuts your mind off To yeah. approaching it
0: cinematically so. You know, I, I seem to remember It was just a, a little while ago I saw you mention something on Facebook That you're currently working on an adaptation of something And and I won't ask you to tell me what it is Or anything, but are, is it? Do you find that you work differently having had all of that experience was that the first adaptation that you had done
1: mrs downfire was the first so it it, it taught me a lot i mean you really have to step outside what the book is because Mm -hmm. a book is a book and if you took a book and you filmed it it would be like 30 hours even a children's book so you have to think of how to tell the story visually and i like doing that it's a fun challenge
0: well, I assume that sort of ties into any type of screenwriting, though, is just trying to think really visually as a storyteller, I think maybe as as a writer in general, you know, it's maybe whether it's journalism or, you know, novel writing, it's you have a lot more room. And I find the same thing with songwriting, where you really have to cram in so much story into a small space. So um, how, how do you try and try and balance that? I mean, and when you're thinking about maybe you, let's say you're writing a scene, are you thinking about more? From a dialogue perspective or do you think of it okay what's the setting and then the dialogue works fits into that area and it fits into that world
1: oh gosh that's such a good question um the first thing i think about is what's all the extraneous stuff that i don't need i don't need the characters walking into where they're going necessarily let's start the scene with them there where's the conflict going to come from what does the character want and what's standing in their way and what is the best way to write this scene to accomplish what I need to accomplish in a way that it's the most fun to watch and read and act. And then the dialogue is all about, you know, I you don't want characters always saying what they think because people don't talk that way. So, yeah. ha, so I, you know, I have to get in the mindset of the character, what they're feeling, and then think what they would say. And then if it's a comedy, which is what I write, have it be funny. Yeah. So it's... You know, it's it's like there's really literal songwriting, which sometimes is is great, but the songs I like are not so literal. And mm. literal screenwriting usually doesn't work at
0: all. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm I'm curious, you know, as sort of a, a comedy writer, there is this. It's always interesting because I, I, you know, talking to comedians and, and how they work, it's sort of interesting to see that there's almost this sense that you can't take it too seriously. But at the same time, what you do is, is, you know, extremely artistic and creative. I mean, do you balance those? How do you balance those? I and mean, how do you know? I mean, I've always wondered, it's like, how do you know when something's really funny? You know, well, do, you, do you ever know? Or does yeah, it just, really. you, or do you just have to put it out there and just you see? Tr- just, or just trust at this point? You
1: kind of, the more you do it, the better you get. And if you work in audience sitcoms, that's a really good training ground because, You learn that sometimes just inverting the sentence will get a laugh, whereas the other way it didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of comedy tricks, but I do disagree that you you do have to take it seriously. There's an old saying, I don't know if it was Woody Allen, dying is easy, comedy is hard. Comedy is the hardest kind of writing there is, because not only does it have to be good, but it needs to be funny. So Mm -hmm. you don't know. And you really, you know, until you're in the theater... Hearing the audience laugh, you really don't know. That's why you're constantly changing mm. the jokes.
0: You know, it's so funny. I I completely agree with you because I see so many comedic actors who end up being some of the best dramatic actors simply because they have that understanding of how difficult it is. I mean, uh, I think Joss Whedon, you know, as a director is really good at this in casting often comedic actors like Alan Tudyk Mm -hmm. or something in more dramatic roles. And it's just so interesting to see that. Well, I have a theory about that,
1: which you will now not be able to ever get out of your head. (laughs) A good actor, a good dramatic actor, um, just a plain old good actor may be able to do comedy, but a not so good actor Will never be able to do comedy. So it's sort of like, and here's another rule that goes along with that one: somebody who's funny in real life might be funny in a role, mm. might be funny on screen, and they might not. But somebody mm. who is not funny in real life will never, will never yeah. be funny on screen. It's <laughs> just you, so. I I really think that again, acting in comedy is just a higher, more difficult level of of good, fine acting. Mm. So I think Joss knows that. Yeah, knows that makes a lot actors. of sense. Yeah.
0: So uh, obviously you work um, with original screenplays, your adaptations, and then you mm-hmm. mentioned screen doctoring, yeah. or, or just doctor. maybe like trying to punch up, yeah, certain certain uh, pieces. Mm-hmm. Are there certain things that you look for when you get a new script? It's like, okay, this this really doesn't work, or are there maybe moments when you have to sort of divorce yourself from saying, oh this maybe is how I would have done it, but I understand why this works, you know?
1: You know, well, I do a lot of script doctoring. It's kind of been my bread and butter many years. And i sometimes, and sometimes I call it my, the hamster wheel that I can't get off because one of those jobs leads to another. If something just feels weak to me, I go in and try to find the funny. And it's usually to me just that the, the previous draft or, The previous writer just didn't find the funny. Funny Mm. comes from certain things. It comes from conflict, usually, and it comes from tragedy. So you try and find out, okay, why isn't this funny? And then reframe it and trial and error. And you try to make yourself laugh. A lot of comedy writers work in pairs, Mm -hmm. and that can be really helpful. Because if one of you makes the other one laugh, or you both laugh, you've got a good idea that Mm. it's funny. I write by myself. So often I just have no
0: idea until somebody reads it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm, I'm curious. So you didn't expect to get into this line of work, sort of into the, you know. Script doctrine. Yeah. Or, yeah. or just, I mean, even you know, scripts and journal. I mean, like I right. mentioned, you know, just going to school for political science and journalism. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I do notice, though, I mean, even with myself, I didn't expect to become a musician. But I think back and there are moments in my life where I say, oh, wow, music really did play an important role. And although I didn't realize it at the time. It sort of all contributed, sort of, the, to this end mm-hmm. goal. Did you do you have memories like that with certain films or certain maybe yeah. TV shows? I mean, talking well, me talk me about those. I mean, it's funny. Like
1: again, if I had grown up closer to the hub of Hollywood, because I always wanted to be a writer mm-hmm. since I can remember. I just journalism was the only way I thought that I. I didn't see myself as a novelist. That mm-hmm. just seemed overwhelming. But had I put it all together. My love of movies and my love of writing, I might have set out from the get-go to do that. But what I discovered when I took that class and wrote my first script while I was working in news was that I writing is writing, but I really preferred making stuff up to reporting actual facts that are happening. Mm. And that's okay. that Someone has to do both. But for me, I just like the... Uh, storytelling
0: of it all did you have any specific films or um writers or that you really connected with oh yeah
1: i mean some of the first films that i saw that still stayed with me the graduate is probably my favorite um butch cassidy and the sundance kid Mm -hmm. inspired me um one flew over the cuckoo's nest Mm -hmm. later on um tootsie uh arthur groundhog day Um, God, so many, even Airplane and all those kind of comedies. Um, but I honestly, and even books, like I look back at the first books I read that made me want to write, uh, anything by Roald Dahl or Norman Jester, Phantom Tollbooth, Harriet the Spy, like those made me want to tell stories. I just didn't realize that there was a way for me to tell stories at that time.
0: And that, that, that's incredible. And I'm, I'm curious um, when you were growing up with sort of all of these influences and, and seeing all of these different things sort of play out, uh, how, 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 how did that? I mean, what did, what did your folks do? Did they encourage that sort of creativity or was it?
1: I was really lucky because, yeah, they did. My dad worked for Mattel, he was in marketing at that's in the toy cool. business.
0: Yeah, my mom was a
1: teacher, but she took a step, you know, did part time to raise us. Um, but they were, my dad was a musician too. They were creative, kind of hip, cool parents for their day. And they, maybe cause I was a girl, but I don't think so. They just, I mean, my son is a musician and I always tell him maybe he should have a backup plan and he loves to come right back at me that, well, your parents didn't tell you to have a backup <laughs> plan and they didn't. So I was lucky in that right. way, but I was also lucky in that, like a lot of musicians and other creative types, I always knew that I was going to do something with my writing. So, you know, a lot of people don't know what they love mm-hmm. until they're in their twenties or thirties. Mm-hmm. And I think I was lucky that I knew when I was, you know, twelve or thirteen.
0: Well, and obviously you mentioned mentioned your son and you know the fact that he's a musician. And I'm I'm curious. You know, did you see that sort of same creative spark um, that you had when you were young? Yeah. In, 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 in him? Yes, absolutely. Yeah,
1: I think I was never going to be anything but a writer. And it was pretty clear from about 11 that he was
0: never going to be anything with a musician. So, oh, yeah, awesome. yeah,
1: you may be that way, too.
0: So I'm, I'm curious, did you ever uh, how do you maybe if you're if you're in the middle of working on a script, do you find that you have to sort of just power through and say, I'm going to write X amount today, mm. no matter whether it's good or bad, mm. and then step away? Or do you find that you just have to let it happen to a certain extent?
1: You know, I talk about this so much. There's two ways that screenwriters work that I know of. One is that they just get out what we call the barf draft. So then they have a draft in front of them and it just feels like they're getting somewhere and then it's going back and rewriting it and rewriting it and rewriting it. I have a hard time with that. Like I have to really love my first Mm -hmm. act, my first 30 pages or so. And right now I'm writing a new, I'm writing a pilot and it's an original and every time I sit down, I rewrite the first scene again. Mm-hmm. What I should probably do is go on to the second and the third. But I just feel like if I have a solid foundation, it's easier to go forward. Mm. I'm very much a, a critic as I write. and I, I, I do think you can be more productive if you're, if you're the barf draft type of writer. And I, that probably applies to songwriting, too. You know,
0: and, and it's so funny you're talking about that first scene. One of the best pieces of songwriting advice that I've ever received is when you think you finished a song go back and rewrite the first line or at least look at it or Mm -hmm. just because it really is like you're talking about sort of just establishing that foundation. You want to make sure it's, it's that first impression where people really maybe see the the main character for the first time or they get a sense of the the tone. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. uh, Sorry. Go ahead. I I was going to
1: say, I don't know if there's a songwriting Equivalent of this, but very often in screenwriting, you lose the first scene altogether. Mm. You often find that in your mind you thought you needed to start from a more beginning beginning, but it's more interesting to jump in a little bit later and you still find out everything you need to know so I wouldn't be surprised if songwriters chop off that first absolutely yeah, it happens all the time <laughs> yeah
0: um, i'm I'm curious so when you're let's say you finish a script and at that point, I mean it gets passed along to you know directors and, and producers mm-hmm. and actors and mm-hmm. do you find it difficult to maybe, you know, sort of let go of your baby a little bit? Just if you
1: don't if you can't get over letting go of your babies and being collaborative, you should not be working in mm-hmm. television and film because that's the way it is. If you really want your words to be your words and nobody can say anything, you've got to write yeah. a novel. And even then you've got an editor mm-hmm. um, or a play Television is a little bit more the writer's the boss kind of medium, mm. but you don't you don't even own the copyright of your mm. script, even if it's an original. once you sell it to a studio mm. it's there so you you've just got to let that go and and be happy that you get to write words and hear actors say them and write snow and have them make snow and you know it's yeah. fun, and you could be in a suit sitting at a desk, so you just have to get past that and you you do if you're if you're
0: going to succeed as a screenwriter. Do you sometimes find that you you work on maybe a, a script or, or something where you, let's say, have a character and then maybe partway through you say, wow, I don't know why this character's here? Or do you ever find that maybe you get partway into a script and say, wow, this story is going into a completely different direction? You know, or, mm-hmm. or I'm curious, do you do you sort of lay out a full story when you start? I or outline. Do you, yeah, do
1: you- I, I do. I mean, especially with a feature film. You have to, to write a good one. You've got to know where you're going because a screenplay is such a crystallized nugget of the bare bones of a story mm. compared to say a novel. You, you've got to choose those scenes. And a lot of writers use index cards, one mm-hmm. for each scene and juggle them around on a board before they write. Mm. I kind of do it on my computer. I even have a corkboard program that I use. Um, so, now, do I stray from the outline? Yeah, all the yeah. time. But
0: I I get past a lot of mistakes by outlining. Do you find that sometimes the characters, maybe you get partway through and they tell you, oh, no, this is actually how this is supposed to end?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, often. Although it's funny, the end is, everything is about the end. But sometimes, yeah, I mean, new new twists and turns occur all the time. One of the exercises I like to play with myself is, okay, this is the choice that I made to go in the plot, or this is the choice that I made for the character to go in the scene. But I always ask myself, is the opposite more interesting? Mm. And whenever I've taught, I've talked about opposites. And often, plot problems, I solve them by thinking of the, wait a minute, what if I did the opposite? Mm. And sometimes that opens up
0: doors mm. and helps you get to the end. At, when you finished on working on a script, I assume you feel... Pretty attached to the characters, like you you know them. It's got to be sort of interesting to create this these worlds, in which you know these people feel really alive. And I think that's sort of the magic of film as well. It's like these mm-hmm. you see great actors bringing characters to life, and they cease to be the actor, and they see they, they become the characters
1: And also, your character ceases to be the way exactly that they were mm-hmm. in your head, because even as fantastic as Robin Williams was, and he couldn't have been any better, he wasn't the way I pictured. Mm. Even though he was attached to the project and I was writing it for him, I pictured him differently. I didn't Mm. picture him Scottish. I didn't picture him speaking so slowly and deliberately. I didn't Mm. picture him honestly being so real as he was. So yeah, when actors start saying your lines, you often do more rewrites to Mm. make the role more tailored to that actor. And then it takes on a life of its own that's often different than the way it was in your
0: head. Well, and, and just in general, I'm curious when let's say you and maybe it's different uh if you're, you know, sort of involved in a project along the way or if you sell a script, let's say you that you sell a script, do you what's the rewrite process like after that? I mean, if they get into filming and say, "Oh, this scene needs to be, re- be redone." or you brought back in to do something or Well,
1: when you sell a script, you're 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 almost always 99% of the time going to rewrite it Mm -hmm. a whole bunch before they green light it because well, the studio and the producers and the director didn't make their print on it and they Mm -hmm. want to. And and if they're good, they'll help you improve it. It Mm -hmm. can always be better. So you're usually in a rewrite process prior to it even getting green lit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it doesn't. So a lot of times you've been paid for an option for your script and you've been paid to rewrite it. And then it goes into development hell and never gets made. So that, you know, that happens too. It's just, you, you just have to give in to the fact that you're going
0: to be rewriting. Well, and it sounds like a really unique collaborative process because it's, it's like you, you are the sort of singular writer maybe, but then there are all these other voices that are contributing yeah. to this idea. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's so interesting hearing that. It's I see a lot of parallels between that and, you know, being there being one songwriter, but mm-hmm. then there's the artist and mm-hmm. the producer and the manager and yeah. all of these different voices mm-hmm. getting involved. That's really it's exactly what
1: it is. And you've just got to, you know, you've got to accept that again. And what's the alternative to, you know, to work at IBM? <laughs> you know, it's still, it's not, it's not yours and yeah. you don't get to stay the boss of it, but it still beats working for a living.
0: When, when you're maybe just... Stuck and And I find myself like this sometimes when I just i I'm, I'm having difficulty writing, or maybe i i I can produce a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. but none of them are striking me. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you just have to step away, or do you have maybe techniques that you can use to get past that?
1: Yes, I find that I have to step away, or that is what I choose to do I, i'm a terrible procrastinator, but I've come to realize that sometimes those those steps away. I come back and I've solved something, mm-hmm. whether it's happened subconsciously, or I literally took a walk and figured it out. I mean, right now I'm a little stuck on who this secondary character is. And so I might go to a movie or go for a walk or I might not even realize that I'm thinking about her. And then I'll come back and I'll go, Oh, I know mm-hmm. you know, I know what she should be.
0: And well, this has been a really cool conversation. <laughs> I, I really appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks. Once again, a huge thanks to Randy for coming on the show. Um, It was a really fun conversation and definitely a nice peek behind the curtain. Um, As he said in the interview, screenwriting is this thing that people have this idealized vision of, but it doesn't always work out that way. And sometimes it's grueling, just like any other creative endeavor. As always, make sure you visit us at createcastpod.com and visit us in the iTunes store. Just search CreateCast. And remember, make good.